Hello and welcome to Grassfed and Gray Sled Podcast. I'm Maddie Rose and today we're talking about heritage chicken breeds. I mentioned these um, in my last chicken episode, but I ran out of time and so I decided, you know what, I'll just make a separate episode talking specifically about heritage chicken breeds and what the difference is between um, some other types of chicken breeds. So uh, in order to get started here right off the bat, I think what I'm going to go ahead and do is just read to you some summarizations of the definition for a heritage breed according to uh, Livestock Conservancy. And uh, that is an organization that um, focuses on conservation of certain historic and heritage breeds of livestock. And they have a section on their website, which I will link to in the show comments, um, about uh, chicken breeds or poultry breeds. So uh, they offer a few different definitions in their website. So I kind of just gathered some of the main points because they have kind of a very general one and then a few more thorough uh, paragraphs on what it means. So they, they define it as traditional livestock breeds that were raised by our forefathers before industrial agriculture became mainstream and they would say that these breeds are often or supposed to be well adapted to the local environment. They are also considered um, traditional historic breeds. They retain essential attributes for survival and self-sufficiency, fertility, foraging ability, longevity, maternal instincts, ability to mate naturally, which is important because some some breeds that are hybrids cannot do that. You have to cross two of them or do AI for a lot of the more, um, like especially meat birds. Um, and they are also resistant to diseases and parasites. They have longer lifespans and longer productive lives as well as slower growth rates. And then their last criteria is for these uh, breeds to be recognized by the American Poultry Association. So I'll go ahead and kind of break that down a little bit for you. But basically when you're thinking of heritage breeds, obviously they're a historic breed. They're not a new breed. So there's a lot of breeds out there that you can get that are pretty popular right now. And those are newer breeds of chickens. So um, you're not going to find a lot of the newer varieties, obviously, in a heritage breed list. But they might seem new to you or new to other people because many of them are kind of near extinction or there's so few of them around that they're kind of unheard of. Other heritage breeds might actually be breeds that you've heard of. The only difference with them would be that these heritage birds are raised by breeders who are dedicated to these standards and they really put a lot of time and effort into their flock and making sure that they're maintaining and retaining these traits that are so important for self-sufficiency and and things that these birds had to have before commercial uh, and industrialization of agriculture where the chickens are raised more to be in confined settings, you know, they're in enclosed structures, they're not really exposed to the elements or foraging, they're kind of fed a um, processed diet, you know, they they lose a lot of those traits really quickly. And you'll also find that commercial hatcheries typically 
do not have birds that are going to fall into this criteria either. So an example of that would be something like the Rhode Island Red. There are very popular uh, chicken breeds, pretty well known, but in order to find a heritage Rhode Island Red, you're going to want to go to a breeder of that. And you know, it's funny, I did my last episode where I talked a lot about Rhode Island Reds, and I am like super tempted right now (laughs) to go and get some heritage Rhode Island Reds again. I've actually never had heritage Rhode Island Reds, but now I'm like super tempted to go get some. So who knows, maybe that's something I will do. Uh, That would be a little interesting. Uh, So anyways... Yeah, you're going to find the same breeds. You know, I have my Orpingtons, but they're not heritage-raised or bred Orpingtons. They are descendants from the the uh, hatchery birds that I bought a couple years ago, and, and I've tried to add some more in. You can also get different varieties, like the English Orpingtons going to be a lot fuller-bodied as well as feathered. But that's some differences that you're going to find if you're looking for heritage The cool thing about heritage breeds is if you're really looking at kind of a self-sufficiency standpoint, if you are wanting to raise your own flock and do it as as efficiently as possible, then they're going to fit a lot of those criteria. You know, disease resistance, that's important. If you have a breed of bird that's more geared towards kind of a commercial or a very enclosed situation, that might be better if you plan to keep your chickens cooped up um, for the majority of their time, you know, if that's something that you need to do because of predator load or whatever, then that would be something that you would want to do because they're not going to be foraging a whole lot and they're not going to be out. But if you really wanting your birds to forage and go around and eat, you know, bugs and, and natural vegetation a lot, then something like a heritage breed, uh, would be pretty handy. They're also going to have these long, productive lives, you know, and lifespans because the the birds that are meant to really kind of maximize either meat or egg production, they're not going to have long lives. I've mentioned before that the meat birds are going to die usually before they even reach adulthood because they're they're crossed in such a way to get so big and they eat so much and your production egg layers are also going to expend all of their eggs at a pretty pretty early point in their lives. Usually in the first two years or so, you'll start seeing some tapering on after that, and they don't typically live very long. And that, you know, could be important to you if you're okay with kind of replacing your flock very often, then that might work just fine. And, you know, having a lot of eggs and steady egg production through the year might be important to you. You can get heritage birds also that are producers as well as meat birds. They're not going to be, you know, maybe as easy to get, but you can definitely get especially egg layers that are heritage birds. You're going to find those. They're going to lay a lot more eggs than um, your dual purpose birds, but sometimes it can be pretty close. You know, I've had some Australorps for dual purpose birds and Rhode Island Reds, and they do a really good job of laying. Now, if you've ever heard of sex links, those are chickens that are linked, their color is linked to their sex, their gender. So when they hatch, because of the cross and the way the color genetics works with chickens and inheritance, 
they you can tell immediately when they hatch from the egg whether it's male or female so a lot of hatcheries and people like the sex linked chickens because there is no question about whether or not you're getting a male or a female chick when you buy it whereas like if you buy just a normal breed they might try to vent sex them where they try to check but sometimes you're going to get some males in there and that's pretty important for some people that really just don't want roosters but the sex links will be um, obvious from hatch but those are not heritage breeds they're crosses so you're not going to find sex linked heritage breeds and those are usually from hatcheries and there's a couple of different variations i've had some that are called like golden comets I can't remember, I think like Cinnamon Queen is maybe another, but it seems like each hatchery kind of has their own variation of that, and they do lay really well. In fact, I've had those ones have always been my first layers whenever I've had them, but they've all typically died from being like egg-bound or something going on. They just don't have long lives. So that's kind of this this uh, benefit of having these heritage breeds that they're made to last a long time. And it really is quite a bit of work to raise chickens from chicks to then egg laying. And, uh, you know, I had, so I had these lavender uh, Americanas and some Barnabilders. And I love these chickens. I got them from a breeder. And they have like these really neat uh, like lacing on their feathers. They're just gorgeous. They almost look like they were painted on. And they literally laid their first egg. And then Christmas Day, we had lost one of our livestock guardian dogs. We had our other one with us because she was kind of sad. And we had forgot to close the chicken coop. And a coyote came in and decimated all of them. So I had to start over. So it was like basically a year of my time raising these chicks to getting my first egg and then they all got killed. So it can be a lot of work to replace them and it can cost some money depending on how you do it. Um, you know, if you're doing it under brooder lights, that costs some money, um, things like that, which I will do an episode about just raising chicks and maybe deciding whether or not that's what you want to do to start out with if you're just getting into chickens. Uh, but it does take time, and depending on the breeds, it will take a few months, more than a few months, like probably six to eight months, sometimes even more, depending on how it falls in the season, uh, before they start laying. Now the production birds, uh, like those sex links I mentioned, the leghorns, they're going to start laying earlier. And you can get non-industrial leghorns as I've mentioned so you can if you want to go the heritage route there are some more egg laying production type birds that are still a heritage breed if that's something that is really important to you or interesting to you but I would say the majority of them on in the heritage breed world are going to be dual purpose birds and you can definitely get dual purpose birds from a hatchery or a feed store, which is where they usually source their birds from, or farmers, you know, poultry swaps. But there is going to be some differences between just kind of your quote-unquote run-of-the-mill Rhode Island Reds versus a heritage Rhode Island Red. And that is also another way that you can source your birds is to buy from a breeder and you're going to find a lot more variety from breeders and colors 
and quality, so a lot of them can be show breeders, and there is a unique look. Like, if you just compare your standard backyard kind of hatchery raised or bred Orpington compared to, like, a show English Orpington, they're going to look very different. But that just kind of depends on what you want. You're usually going to spend a bit more money getting them from breeders, and you're going to get a quality bird, but it might not be exactly what you're hoping it will be, or maybe it will. You just kind of have to do your research. There's also a lot newer, like, color varieties and things like that that people will charge for. They will sell some really good, uh, like, dark eggs. So, like, if you're looking for a really dark, deep chocolate uh, egg, like the copper morans, the French copper morans, they lay a really deep chocolatey egg. You're probably not going to get that from a hatchery moran like you would if you went from a breeder and you can actually see their eggs. But they're not usually very cheap. So you just kind of have to decide if you really want to invest that and what's important to you. The benefits of that are if you're going to raise and sell your chicks or your eggs as hatching eggs, then you're going to get a good return on your income if you have a market for it. So there's some element there that you kind of want to see if you're interested in that. But if you just want eggs for yourself or you just want to raise some chickens for eggs and meat, then you might want to kind of go a little bit more affordably from the get-go if you're really not going to try to get um, a lot of return on your investment in terms of selling birds in the future, breeding, raising, hatching, that type of thing. And the neat thing with chickens is you can sell the ones that you have, like if you kind of raise some to lay and now you really know kind of what you want, you can sell them pretty easily. People are always looking for you know, egg layers and things like that, and you can kind of get focused in. I've had so many different breeds of chickens through the years. We've moved, so I've had to sell them as we go. Uh, it's just sometimes I've been able to keep, like if we move locally, of course, I keep my chickens, but we're, we're moving across state lines or hours away. Uh, my chickens just aren't that high on the priority list of things we have to move when you're moving an entire farm. It's just much easier to kind of start over with some chickens than... Uh, goats, for example. So that's something that uh, you might want to consider. It goes along also with heritage birds and non-heritage birds. Consider your climate and your locale. If you're in a hot climate, choosing chicken breeds that have larger combs, like the red, that red thing on the top of their head, the larger the combs, the better they're able to keep themselves cool. The smaller combs, like you'll find those on like the Wyandots, are really good for colder climates because they're less prone to frostbite. And um, so just little things like that when you're researching your breeds, look into kind of what climates they're adapted to. Sometimes they will say they tolerate heat well or cold tolerant. I would say most chickens tolerate the cold pretty well. Um, but it's just something to factor in as well as, again, you know, are you planning on keeping them kind of locked away or are you hoping that they'll forage and free range some? Some breeds do better with that than others. Uh, if you have children, you know, do you want them to be real friendly and sociable? Then some breeds are much more docile like that. Another reason why I like the Orpington. But again, our Rhode Island Reds were like super friendly. And there's others. You know, Brahmas are supposed to be really friendly. I didn't like the Brahmas because I felt like they just ate so much food. 
but that, you know, is my personal take on that, at least my experience. But I'm a big advocate for heritage birds. I think that they're perfect niche for what a lot of us are trying to do with our kind of homesteady adventures or backyard farming, what have you. I think I also just kind of love hearkening back to the days of tradition and and those older times and just kind of going back to, uh, you know, where we were before industrialization and commercial commercialization of um, agriculture. And that's all what we're kind of trying to do, right? So heritage breeds of livestock period make a lot of sense because most of our breeds of animals today that you find in agriculture are meant for like big production. You know, you have the big Angus cattle for beef and the, the big hogs for pork and sheep and on and on and on. But when you kind of look into these heritage breeds, they're usually smaller. They're better for smaller acreage. You're not going to get as much per animal out of them in terms of meat or milk or eggs. But there's that trade-off because honestly, most of us don't need as much we're on smaller land areas, we have less resources, et cetera, et cetera. Our goals are different. So certainly look into heritage breeds if that's something that interests you. If this just sounds like too much to think about, well, then just have a little bit of fun, I guess, and pick out some different colored chicks. And I am not against people trying new breeds and new color varieties and things like that. Like, it's fun. Chickens are fun. That's why they call it chicken math. It's not good math. This is, like, basically public school math here. <laughs> you you get four chickens, and somehow you end up with 12, and now you have 17 and 27, and you don't know how it happened. It's chicken math. Um, that's because they're kind of addictive. But I've gone from having 30 chickens at a time where I had a really steady... Uh, interest in eggs from friends that, you know, are co-workers of my husband's. They wanted eggs. And then I've lived in places where it seems like everybody has chickens and they have a source of eggs. So I didn't, it wouldn't work for me to have a lot of chickens and a surplus of eggs because nobody else is going to buy them or need them. And that's a lot of extra time and money to spend in feeding chickens if I'm not able to get rid of the eggs. But you can definitely donate them. You know, there's other other avenues that you could do as well. But if you're just trying to consider, you know, cost and, and time investment, then consider your own needs, how many eggs that you need, and kind of plan from there. If you do want to sell your eggs, it's a great way to kind of compensate for the costs of feed. And if you want to go beyond that later, if you have some of these nice breeds or breeds that have colored eggs or different varieties heritage or not, then you can kind of look into selling hatching eggs as well as hatching your own and selling the chicks, which we've done from time to time. But I really hope that, you know, now you're interested in the concept of heritage breeds, that you've learned a little bit, that you're inspired, and who knows, maybe I'm going to update you soon where I went and bought some heritage Rhode Island Reds. I'm like, really, I've talked myself into it. I don't know, maybe I'll have to talk myself back down because I have kind of a full coop situation here. So we'll see. I'll keep you posted. Um, thank you so much for listening. And I really am so excited about the, the reception to this podcast. I've had a lot of really good feedback 
and I'm thankful for that. I had no idea people would even really want to listen to me talk, but you know, here I am talking about chickens again. So uh, I will definitely be recording a episode on raising chicks and that will be really helpful I think for a lot of people who want to get into that because chicks are cute and a lot of us want to raise those cute little chickies ourselves. So uh, anyways, I look forward to doing that and I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.